0: Episode 51 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on September 4th, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week, server issues plagued the game during a limited time CXP event. I'll tell you just what went wrong. Also this week, CXP rewards for daily areas were off the charts. I'll discuss whether this bug should become a feature. Game Update 5.4 is live and I'll talk about the new item rating and the decision to not raise the stronghold cap to 7. Finally this week, I discussed the Crisis on Umbara story, warning, there will be spoilers. And with that, it's time to make the jump to lightspeed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Well, welcome to episode 51 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have a terrific show lined up for you today. As always, let's review some announcements for the Old Republic. And the official in-game events page has been updated, and here are a couple of events you should be on the lookout for. The Rat Plague Outbreak on Corellia will run from September 5th through the 12th, and then the Bounty Contract Week will run from September 19th through the 26th. I'd also like to do a couple of community shout-outs this week. Uh, several SWOTOR content creators are getting together to put on a charity event to help victims of Hurricane Harvey. They had originally planned to do this last week, but there were issues with Twitch TV, so they had to postpone it. The charity event will now be held on September 6th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and some of the folks participating include Moxies, JT, Sakari, Kid Lee, Jesse and Larry Everett and more and I'll have a link with all the details in my show notes also there is a brand new Star Wars, the Old Republic uh, video podcast, or vodcast, I guess you'd call it. And it's called The Council. It airs Monday evenings at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern Time over on Twitch TV. Another host for this show are Sakari, who streams SWOTOR and is part of the Passionately Casual podcast. And then three relative newcomers, I think, to the SWOTOR content uh, creators community. And uh, a woman named Elise. Magic Ace and Redna, and although I do believe Redna has been around for a while and has done some other Star Wars-related ventures, so check out the Council on Twitch TV Monday evenings, and again, I'll have detailed information about their show in my show notes as well. Now, I'd hope to have an announcement for you this week regarding my podcast, But there were parts of it beyond my control, so things didn't happen uh, with the holiday here in the States and other things happening in-game. I certainly understand why, but stay tuned for what I hope will be some exciting news to come in the near future, hopefully next episode. So that's all the announcements I have. Let's slice the hollonet and get right to the news this week. And first up, server issues. Uh, Once again, Star Wars The Old Republic was besieged with technical issues that brought the game down for nearly an entire day this past week. So here's what happened. Game Update 5.4 introduced a couple of issues. First, the daily areas for Iocath, Yavin 4, CZ98, Oricon, and Section X were rewarding massive amounts of CXP, about 1125 per mission, and of course that was doubled for the CXP event. Also... There was an exploit where you could get the Umbara Stronghold without meeting the actual requirements to get the Stronghold, and this is what Eric Musco said about that. There is an exploit which was introduced in Game Update 5.4 that we want to make you aware of so that you avoid it. Currently, it is possible for someone to use the Guild Ship Summon feature to bring you into the room where you buy the Stronghold, therefore subverting the process of gaining access to the room. This is not intended and is considered an exploit. Do not participate in this exploit. This bug will be fixed in 5.4a tomorrow, and tomorrow being Thursday of this past week. Now following the bug being fixed, we will begin to investigate the impact of the exploit and what action is required. I will post a follow-up once that has occurred. We take exploits very seriously and want to ensure that SwoTOR remains an even playing field Thank you to the vast majority of you who avoided this exploit. So, in the grand scheme of things, the exploit, I think, was the larger area of concern. And, in fact, when they looked into fixing the CXP rewards, they were not able to do it with the exception of iocath And this is what Eric had to say about that. Well, the gods of IOCAth were the only ones strong enough to overcome it. After tomorrow's patch, only IOcath's dailies will be back to the appropriate CXP values, These six other daily areas will still be bugged, which means they will continue giving you crazy CXP during double CXP until we fix them next week. Until they are fixed next week, enjoy them. We tried to fix the bug. The bug didn't want to be fixed. Pretty sure Keith sabotaged it. He loves all that CXP, so enjoy the extra CXP for a few more days. So they weren't able to fix the CXP issue, but they had a fix for the stronghold exploit and thus it was full speed ahead to deploy Game Update 5.4a on Thursday. And in fact, here's the full list of issues that that patch was scheduled to address. Uh, One was IOCath missions going back to their correct CXP rewards, fixing the Umbara Stronghold exploit, ensuring players can get back to the last boss in Crisis on Umbara, even if they die to the adds, gladiopod workers and soldiers counting properly towards the Crisis on Umbara achievements, and the defensive turrets on the train will no longer block progression if they are aggroed. So then on Thursday, maintenance came and went, and once it ended, we got this post from Eric Musco. As many of you are seeing already, there are some fairly serious issues that have cropped up with Game Update 5.4a this morning. We are bringing the servers down to investigate what is happening, and we will need to address it. Hold tight. Updates to follow. The day continued to progress, and players were starting to get the feeling that this could be a while, and they started asking about codes and pets and whatnots and and whatnot, and this is what Eric said. Real talk. When we have a long downtime, we have a SWOTOR national pastime here of giving away codes for things. I wouldn't dream of disappointing you in this endeavor. I want to get a little more clarity on the situation, and if it will be a while, then codes shall reign. Well, it did end up being a while, and codes did indeed rain. Eric wrapped up the codes in spoiler tags in his forum post, and they were snatched up in seconds. And not everyone was happy about it. When players heard free codes, they wanted it to be one of those Oprah deals where you get a code, and you get a code, and you get a code, and everybody gets a code. But instead, it was more like, you get a code, and pretty much that's it. And if this had been a normal Thursday, people would have just shrugged it off, gone outside, They would have just done something else and waited for Bioware to resolve the issue. But this wasn't a normal Thursday. This was a Thursday that was smack dab in the middle of a double CXP event. An event where there was solo content rewarding crazy CXP. Maybe you wanted to get that first character to 300 or maybe an alt or or two. Because there was a limited time event happening, a lot of folks felt cheated. And prior to the patching, here's what Keith Canick said about the CXP rewards. When I found out about the substantially increased CXP in the daily areas, I had to go and check if it was real. So I tested it on my main characters invalidated it across a variety of other characters, and sure enough, it was true. I even used the CXP perk and the CXP 100% boost just to see how much I could get on each quest. Then, realizing we needed to stay indoors for the weekend, I decided to see how many command ranks I could gain on just one tune by doing all the daily areas each day, along with daily FPs and other normal activities. I managed to gain 200 levels and to echo a lot of your comments here, it was fun to see so many others on Yavin, in Black Hole, over on Iocath, and Section X. I also did Oricon and forgot, and had forgotten how fun those quests were to do. The whole thing felt like some very passive, aggressive move. We can't fix the problem with the crazy CXP that you get from dailies, so we're going to embrace it and hope that you all enjoy it. And then next thing you know, oh, look, the servers are down for the whole day. Oops. Of course, that's not what happened. At least that wasn't the intention of, of, of what happened. It was purely accidental. But the timing could not have been worse. And in fact, according to Keith, here is exactly what happened with the patch. The issues we encountered were fairly complex, and having more than one just made things complicated. The first problem was the patch for our Bitraider and SSN launchers were inconsistent and ended up causing different issues after we took the servers out of maintenance. As a result, some of you actually received a game patch, while others didn't get anything. You'd think we'd catch that in our normal tests, but it was an oversight in our process, which we have since corrected. The big issue was part of the patch that should have been included was missing data, so it was pulling information from 5.4 instead of 5.4a. The net result was a variety of issues, including some of the patch changes didn't seem like they were deployed. Although we extensively test all of our updates at all stages of the process, the missing parts just caused enough oddball problems. We had to take the game down again to figure out what was going on. In reality, Had I been a little more patient, we would have caught the issues beforehand, yet the long downtime would not have been avoided. Keith went on to say, Losing play time is always painful, especially when there is a double event running and is awarding crazy high CXP. I'm kicking around a variety of options with the team as we want to apologize and reward your patience. Some of you have asked to have our double XP slash CXP event extended And others have asked us to keep the current CXP amounts for the daily areas. Others have asked for different compensation and we're looking at all options at the last, as the last couple of weeks have been tough on all of us. We'll lock down exact, what, we'll lock down what exactly we're doing and let you know in the coming days. I don't know what good compensation would be. The best thing to do was just extend the event by a day or two, but that's simply not possible. Another thing they could do is just plan to run the event again, but over a weekend rather than a whole week. The downside to that is if you're unable to play that particular weekend, you'll miss out on the compensation. They could give out grand chance cubes to everyone, but again, that's something where some people will hit the jackpot and others will get garbage. I don't know if giving out 100 cartel coins to everyone will feel fair or if that's too large an amount. Maybe they should just give everyone a title, something like, you know, the persevering or the long suffering or the imperturbable, or maybe even the patient, something that conveys the mood of the day. It was unfortunate. And I think there should be some compensation, but not a raid the coffers level of compensation and titles are great, especially in the real world, by the way, where you just go to someone and say, sorry, I can't give you a raise right now, but can I offer you a title? As someone who works in IT, I get it. This stuff happens. IT can be a very thankless job. The people who use your systems never comment on the amount of uptime you have. And on days where everything is running fine, which is most days, they sit there and go, why do we need all of these IT folks? The stuff runs itself. And then when things break, they say, why do we have all of this IT staff? The stuff never works. Well, it's working now, and all of this is water under the bridge, and I'm sure they'll do another CXP event before too long, and if they do, I hope they get creative with the CXP rewards, which is what I'd like to talk about next. Now that we're in September, I don't see a 6.0 on the horizon here. We'll probably get a roadmap update later this month, and it might mention another expansion, but I firmly believe at this point that 6.0 probably won't arrive until March of 2018 which means we'll be playing Galactic Command for several more months and we'll need more of these double CXP events. And by the way, it was also a double regular XP event as well. And I know that daily CXP values were a bug and it wasn't intended, but it was very well received and it didn't really seem to break anything. And as Galactic Command uh, has evolved, uh, it's become less friendly for the solo player. And while the bug benefited everyone, it really was a benefit to those who like to play alone. And I was really glad to see that once they realized they couldn't fix it, that Bioware embraced it. Not only that, but Keith said they'd be open to making it some type of, of feature in the future. And here's what he said about that. He said, there's a legitimate reason to lower CXP values as they are out of whack with the rest of the game. But there's an even more compelling reason to not lower it all the way back to 75 and to review the values across the board. I like a lot of your suggestions about rotating it, finding a good compromised amount, giving you a reason to visit these areas, and substantially reducing the time it takes to level up your alts, i.e. a catch-up mechanic. So thanks for all the ideas. We'll decide what to do next week. But in the meantime, take advantage of this massive CXP change. I'm confident that it'll help uh, guide us in our discussions and decision about what to do next. I don't know that keeping them permanently at these values is the way to go. Sure, it's nice to see people doing the daily content, but if the CXP rewards were to stay at this level, you can bet people would be doing this content each and every day and possibly at the exclusion of other activities. For the long term, these values probably aren't healthy. Now, it might make sense to permanently boost them a little bit, and maybe if they can swing it whenever daily heroics are the bonus event See if they can bump them up to the double CXP values. I like the current values, but I think they need to be a temporary buff that recurs from time to time. Alright, well I want to move on now and talk about Game Update 5.4. It dropped while I was on vacation, which put me a little bit behind the curve. While I've done the story in Flashpoint, I haven't unlocked the Stronghold yet. That'll happen later this week. It takes 60 tokens to unlock the stronghold and there is a weekly cap of 50 which means it requires one reset for you to be able to unlock the stronghold. And speaking of caps, I want to talk about the fact that they did not raise the stronghold cap to seven and here's why they opted against that. It is intended that we did not raise the stronghold cap due to its impact on conquests. The idea of place chairs in every hook for your bonus is not a great experience We would like to allow you to have the strongholds you want and decorate them the way you want without negative impact on conquests. Right now, those things are integrally tied together. We may increase the stronghold cap in the future, but we first want to address some of the issues related to conquests. Now, for those of you who don't participate in conquest, here's how it's related to strongholds. If you fully decorate a stronghold to 100%, you get a 25% bonus to conquest points earned. And it's 25% per stronghold. So if you have 6 fully decorated strongholds, you're getting a 150% bonus. Now, you don't have to fully decorate a stronghold to get a bonus. 150% is the maximum. You get some bonus for partially decorating your strongholds. Because of this, a lot of people unlock a stronghold. Purchase all the rooms and then just get it to 100% with cheap decorations such as chairs or meat trees or Massassi totems. Whatever you can get your hands on for cheap and in large quantities. So I'm assuming if they raised the stronghold cap it would mean an additional 25% bonus for fully decorating it and they did not want that to happen. And I also assume that they were unable to make it so 150% was the maximum bonus you could get even with 7 strongholds. The problem with this is that not everyone uses strongholds to boost their conquest. There are people who just decorate them the way that they want, and that doesn't mean putting something on every available hook. And so there are people who have six strongholds decorated the way they want them, and they're now forced to deactivate one if they want the Umbara stronghold. And I'm pretty sure that deactivating a stronghold means undecorating it, so it's not a small decision. I've been lazy about my strongholds, so I have the ability to deactivate one without much impact, but a lot of people don't. So while I get the need to fix conquest and possibly decouple it from strongholds, I think raising the cap to seven would have been the better way to go and then just let everybody, uh, enjoy a short-term, you know, additional 25% bonus with the Umbara stronghold. One of the other features introduced in 5.4 was the item rating, and if you look in your character sheet on the left, you'll now see a rating for your equipped gear. This was for the group finder requirement for Master Mode Crisis on Umbara. You have to have an item rating of 242 to randomly queue for it. I have to say, this has been much ado about nothing. I don't think there's been a negative impact here. Maybe if they start applying it to more group finder stuff, it'll be an issue, but for now... I think it's largely ignored outside of this one area, and we'll see if that changes, but so far I think the item rating is just fine. For my final topic today, I want to talk about the Crisis on Ambarra story, and yes, it's going to be chock full of spoilers, so if you have not experienced the Crisis on Ambarra story and don't want to be spoiled, then your journey ends here, my friends. And since this is my final topic of the week, you aren't missing out on anything else. And you can always play the story and then come back and listen to this piece later. So hit stop because I'm climbing aboard the Umbara Express. So what I thought I'd do is this. I'll walk you through what happened. Then I'll talk about what I think is going to happen. And then I'll tell you what I'd like to see happen. At the end of the IOCath story, we learn that there is a trader in our midst the list of suspects is broad, but we're fairly certain that someone inside our alliance is out to destroy it, which is kind of okay by me, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. When we get to Crisis on Ambara, we learn that there is a train carrying a shipment of Adegan crystals, and that the traitor is on board. We fight our way across the train until we get to the front of the car, where it was revealed that the traitor is none other than Theron Shan. When we confront him, he takes a couple of blaster shots at us, he misses and inadvertently creates an escape route for for because one of the blaster bolts breaks a window in the driver's compartment where we're trapped. We escape the train with Lana right before it crashes and then the rest of it is just chasing Theron through Ambara where he ultimately escapes on his shuttle. The story ends with Theron making contact with some someone from a mysterious order where he is accepted into their fold as a member. Along the way, we're presented with choices along the lines of Theron, it's not too late, come back, and we can work this out um, to you're a dead man, and I'm putting a price on your head so big that you won't be able to go near a civilized system. By the way, it's a 1 billion credit bounty, which I wish I could collect on my bounty hunter. So what's going on here? Is Theron really a traitor, or does he have some ulterior motive? And let me just start by saying, I'm not a Theron guy. I like him a lot, but I've never romanced him. And if I had to choose between him and Lana, I'd choose Lana every day of the week and twice on Sunday. That said, I know there are a lot of you out there that are Theron guys and gals. And as much as I'd like to dash your hopes of ever getting the old Theron back, I got to go with my gut and say, I think there's more than meets the eye here. And I don't think Theron is betraying us and turning his back on everything that he helped create. I believe Theron Sean is just playing the spy game. Albeit, it's a very reckless and dangerous game, and even if he's not our enemy, he's put our life at risk and is eroding our trust. He's put his life in danger, and he's put a serious crack in the alliance such that it might be fractured beyond repair. If this is all an elaborate ruse, he sure has a lot of splaining to do. I mean, there are method actors, and then there's this guy. If Theron hasn't turned traitor, and if he's acting with our best intentions in mind, then the big question is, what is so dire that Theron has to act alone? Why can't he include us in on his plans? I mean, look at our resume. We defeated Valkorion, you know, the former Sith Emperor, and his family. We defeated Revan. We saved Makeb. And we took down a false emperor in North Malgus. I mean, come on. What could be out there that is such a threat that we need to be kept in the dark? I can't believe that there's something out there that we can't be trusted to take head on. And no offense, but we've dealt with a mysterious order before. And when it comes to cults and orders, we're like the Ghostbusters. You know, who you going to call? That's right, us. Now look, I'm not saying the order isn't dangerous. But, you know, been there and done that. And when you look at what we just faced in taking on the Eternal Throne, our attitude should be, tell us where to go, and let's see if we can get back by lunch. Worst case, dinner. So whatever this mysterious order is, it better be big, and it better be capable of taking down the Alliance, the Republic, and the Sith Empire. And I'm not sure that it is, because I believe that the Edigan Crystals are heralding the return of Darth Malgus. A Deacon Crystals were a big part of the False Emperor storyline, and they just scream Darth Malgus. In fact, if you listened to episode 49, I did bring up the potential for Darth Malgus to return, and I am now riding that Bantha to the end here. In fact, I'd be shocked at this point if he's not behind this mysterious order. As to what his game plan is, I have no idea. It could be as simple as a power grab and revenge. Whatever it is, though... I want the Alliance to crumble. I want Malgus to come to Odessen like Bane did to Gotham City and the Dark Knight Rises. I want the Alliance to be shattered. I want my character to be broken. I want Malgus to take the Eternal Fleet and the rest of my toys and turn them against me. I want to become the fallen hero. A broken hero who rises from the ashes to play the role of underdog once more. And I want all of it to feel very personal. And in the end... After we've won, because we always win, all I want to see left standing are the Republic and the Sith Empire and myself with a ragtag group of allies ready to act as free agents for the next crisis. I know only one truth. It is time for the Alliance to end. And, unfortunately, it's also time for this episode to end as well. And with that, it's time to cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 51 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly on the show site, which is SotorPodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions too, at sotorpodcast, or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 52 on September 12th. And remember, the Sith Code Cake is alive.